Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. It's Vision Sunday. I get excited about Vision Sunday. Who loves the future more than the present? Yes, then you'll love Vision Sunday. One of those people that loves tomorrow better than today. Um, we're going to speak to you, but let's just, we're going to tell some stories about what's been happening in the last season. But I'm excited what God has been doing in Freedom Church over the last number of years. You know, if you're here today, you're here because people years ago, in the 70s, started a group in someone's front room. If you're here today, you're here because somebody spoke to you and invited you to come to church to find faith in Jesus Christ. Somebody connects you in today. You're here today because of someone else. And we get to benefit from our history. And we must always, always look back on our history and be thankful for what God has done. For the stories we've got, the people we've met. The reasons we're here today is because of people in our past. We must always be grateful. So as we look forward, let's make sure we're always honouring that which has gone before. We've got a great history here at Freedom Church. And I'm glad to be part of the story of today and very thankful for the history we're part of. But why do we do what we do? We're going to briefly going to summarize a little bit of church vision and what we're about. If you're new to Freedom Church, uh, we've got our newcomers lunch afterwards. And I know you meant to have signed up and Nicola Carr is organizing the food. will kill me if I invite any more people. But you're very welcome because everyone's welcome here at Freedom Church. And I'll take the hits. And I'll go out to the shops and buy more food if need be. Um, but we love welcoming new people. But why do we do what we do? Why do we even do church? Why is church something that we actually engage in? Some people say oh, it's outdated, it's irrelevant, it's old-fashioned. But here's the thing. As Christians, we believe that God is the reason we are here. That God loves us. That he loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus for us. And that because of his love for us, we now have a responsibility to live our lives reflecting that love, reflecting it to other people. And Jesus said to his disciples in that early church in Acts chapter 2, he said, get, get together, wait for me, be filled with the Holy Spirit, be filled with the one that is to come. And then he said, go into the whole world, make disciples, tell them the good news. That's what we're about. We do church because we love God and we love God's people. People really matter. God cares about everybody, not just those in church. Sorry to burst any bubbles of those things. I'll go to church and God will love me more. God will love you whether you're at church on a Sunday or not. God loves those who are sitting in Nero's right now having a nice cup of coffee reading the Sunday papers. And no, you can't go and join them just now. Wait till after we've finished. It is the greatest commandment to love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So the vision of Freedom Church is simply this. We want to be a large, vibrant, worshipping church community based in Romsey, enabling as many people as possible to find and follow Jesus. As many people as possible. That's a big vision. We've been doing church for 2,000 years. We're just doing the last little bit of it. We still have a world to reach. The job isn't done when this hall is filled. There are thousands of people in Romsey and the surrounding areas that do not know Jesus, that do not go to church. Our mission and our vision is much bigger than we can ever imagine in our lifetime. But our responsibility is to do that with all of our hearts and all of our energy and all of our effort. As many people as possible to be able to encounter and find Jesus. We have a long way to go. I'm up for the challenge. Anyone else going to join me? I'm up for the challenge. I, I still believe the church is the answer to the world's needs. I still believe the local church is the hope of the world. 
I still believe that when the church works right, it's amazing. And we talked two weeks ago about how the beautiful bride, the bride of Christ in Ephesians 5, we've got to be those that reflect truly who Jesus is to our world. I love my church. I love my church. Anyone else can say that? I love my church. Anyone else? Give me a little wave. You can encourage me here. Love my church. In fact, I love my church so much. I bought a t-shirt. I love my church. I love what God is doing in my church. I know the theologians will be going, yes, Tim, it's his church. It's not your church. I know. But if you wear a t-shirt saying, I love his church, that looks really strange. I love my church. I love being part of church community. I love belonging to his family. God's plan is the local church. And it's great. He loves what he sees. So here at Freedom Church, the way we build our vision, the way we make it into reality, and we're covering some more of this later on in our uh, Newcomers Lunch, we have got, yes, it's coming back, we have got the Freedom Church Rocket. I know, everyone loves to laugh at the Freedom Church Rocket, but you never forget the Freedom Church Rocket. So here's what we do. We're about this. Everyone finding and following Jesus. That's our purpose. That's our point. That's what we're about. It's right at the front of what we do. We want people to meet Jesus for themselves. We don't want people to come along to church, sing some songs, and feel a bit warmer inside. We want you to have a personal friendship with Jesus. And we do that with, by creating welcoming spaces. We want you to be welcome. We want everybody to feel welcomed. Whenever I meet new people, I always say to them, I say to them, how was your welcome? I met with somebody this week who'd been coming to church the last three weeks. And I said, how was your welcome? And they were so encouraged by the way you've welcomed them. Thank you very much. Please don't stop. Everybody, and I mean everybody, is welcome. Then we say, let's build community. Let's not make a welcome. Let's make sure we are building a sense of family, of belonging and community. And let's make sure we're a connected church. We're not just a church that attends something and then go home. We build family through our connect groups, through our big teams, through different ways of connection, through working together. We want to be connected. And then this is the important bit we're going to talk a bit more later on this morning is we want to grow stronger. We say that everyone grows, but not everyone grows stronger. The Great Commission is about making disciples. Disciples have to be an intentional process. We want people to grow stronger. We want to make sure that if you come to Freedom Church, that you flourish and you grow strong. You go strong in your faith and you go strong as a person. That you are a better parent, you're a better husband, you're a better wife, you're a better employee, and you are a better follower of Jesus Christ. That's what we want to see in Freedom Church. And then the fourth aspect there we say about making a difference. We want our church to make a difference. I want this church to be talked about so that if we're not there, people get up in arms about it. I want people to notice when we're active and when we're not. I love the fact that last week I got an email from Test Valley um, Borough Council. They invited me to join in a meeting. And I wasn't able to make it, and a few other people on our team couldn't make the dates. And, and she wrote back this lovely email. She said, if you're not there, there will be a massive void. And she was talking about Freedom Church. If Freedom Church is not there, there will be a massive void in our conversation. We're already valued in our local community. We are making a difference, but there's a lot more difference that we want to make. We want to be a light in the darkness, a hope in a hopeless world. And one of the key parts of our community is generosity. We want to be a generous, an extravagantly generous community. You know, generous is not just about our money. It's about all of who we are. Generous with our attitudes. Generous with our time. Generous with the skills and talents that God has given to us. And generous, yes, with our finances. That we go above and beyond what's expected. You know, generosity is never doing what's expected. Generosity is never the norm. You know, paying for your meal when you go to a restaurant is not generous. 
That's what's expected. You had something and you give something in exchange. Generosity says, I want to go beyond and above and I want to blow your mind with how kind, how great and incredible God is and I want to reflect his generosity. We want to be a generous community. And we power all these things by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, the Bible, by our worship and our praise and by tonight we've got our prayer meeting at 6.30. Get there if you can. We want to be a church of prayer. Prayer is the forerunner to all God's plans. And if we want to see God change things in your family and in our community, in our lives, we've got to start praying. If you haven't already, come along tonight, 6.30 at the Freedom Center for one hour. It's only one hour. And, and you get to experience prayer for one hour. It's fantastic. Non-stop prayer. No little notices or anything. We just pray. So come and join us. I'll be there. And I'm looking forward to it. Wonderful. We'll come back in a minute and share a few other bits and pieces. But for now, in our realm of generosity... I want you to give the biggest applause you've ever had, ever, okay? Because this never gets applause, but today it's going to, okay? Could you please welcome to stage our business manager? There you go. That's exciting, isn't it? Simon Hunter, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. The money man. Woo! We want to hear about the money, Simon. Tell us. A cheer for money. Hmm. Interesting. Well, thank you, Sim. Um, I'm going to just present kind of a, an overview of the budget for 2018. Um, and I've been doing this role now for six years, something. Alan, can you remember how long I've been doing it? For quite a while. And it's been fascinating to see over the last kind of four or five years just how the church is kind of growing kind of numerically, um, but also financially. Um, and um, it's a greater responsibility for kind of the trustees and the leaders to take on board. And we, we have been budgeting probably for the last four years, um, and we've come up with another budget again for this year. And it's really kind of a, a, a guideline of how we want to spend the money over the next 12 months. Um, and we go about it by asking people in their roles of responsibility, what would you like to do with your money this year? So youth, wherever Hannah is, we go to Hannah and we say, Hannah, where do you want to take youth this year? How much money do you want to spend? It's not a case of me or Sim coming up with magic numbers somewhere. We're asking people who are responsible for areas to, to think about what they want. Um, and then they come back to us. We put it in one giant spreadsheet, because I love a spreadsheet. And then we, we kind of formulate this overall budget. Um, this budget is then taken to the trustees. We've got a great board of trustees. Um, I, I woo for the trustees. They are, they are great. And they, they do a fantastic job. And they scrutinise this budget. Um, we had a meeting on Monday night, just gone. Um, and they were really good. Um, they asked us all the right questions of, why do you want to spend that money? Is, are you spending enough money? Um, you don't often hear that from trustees. Um, but they were saying, are you spending enough money? So they, they do a fantastic job of keeping us on track as a church. So I'm going to go through it fairly quickly because, because apparently there's some people who aren't that interested in finance. <laughs> apparently. I can't believe that. So income. Um, so our budget. I've, I've put on this slide kind of uh, some of the previous years as well because you can see kind of where we are going as a church. So this year, general income, we've forecasted um, a 10% increase on last year. You look at the figures there and you think, oh, hold on, Simon, that doesn't look like 10%. We've changed kind of how we do our reporting 
um, in the finances this year. Um, so last year, it was quite complicated how we kind of arrange things. But we're tweaking it, and we're going to have a much better reporting system this year. So it looks, looks a bit weird, looking on the general budget there. But um, general budget, we're increasing by 10%. For 2017, we had an increase of 20% on our general income. And that's you being generous with your money and giving into the church. And that's fantastic. So thank you for that. Um, the, and the trustees questioned us and said, well, Simon, we had 20% increase last year. Why aren't you forecasting a 20% increase this year? Um, and that's a great question. And it's a brilliant question from the trustees. Um, but I think for, for Sim and I we were kind of playing it a little safe. So the challenge is, let's get 20% increase again on our general income. Let's blow our 10% forecast out of the water. On here, we've got project payments. So these are kind of just all the income that kind of comes in for things like the church weekend, um, Soul Survivor, and different things like that. Um, so it's kind of like an in and out so it, we've put like 12,000 on there, but we will kind of spend 12,000. So it's kind of straight in, straight out. Gift aid, gift aid is fantastic. So whatever you give to the church, if you're a taxpayer, we can get 25% back from the government. So if you're a taxpayer, if you've not signed a gift aid form, please, please, please sign a gift aid form, give it to myself or Nicola, drop it into the church office, and we can reclaim that tax. It's a brilliant source of income. Okay, food bank and cap. So we've been to both Joe's, and we've asked both Joe's to look at their kind of plan for the next year, look at what income and what expenditure they want to do. Um, and so we've got food bank and cap with an income of 5,000 and 9,000. Now, with, with cap, it's been very difficult. We've Joe's done a great job and with help from Amber, they've been looking at funding from different charities, different organisations, all over the place. But it's been a, a tough, tough battle to actually get some funding. So we're forecasting income for CAP at 9,000 for the year. Okay, on, on this income, you can see a line building. You can see last year, we had almost £40,000 come in for the building fund, which is amazing, absolutely amazing. So thank you for that. This year, we've not put a, a forecast for what we're going to receive for the building fund. Partly, we don't want to limit anything. So we don't want to say, well, let's put another £40,000 in. Great, we could do that. But why would we limit what God can do in our, in our forecasting? So that's, that's left blank just for you guys um, and for God to do something really amazing this year. Thank you. Okay. Expenditure. This is where it gets a bit more interesting. You know, everyone's like, oh, what are they spending money on now? <laughs> so, again, like I say, we've changed the, for, the, the format of kind of the reporting. So it looks a little bit funny on how we've reported, but um, it will be kind of much clearer kind of going through the year. I won't spend too much time going through each line, um, but that's the general, the general budget. 
If you'd like to talk through kind of any lines on that, um, please come and speak to me. Um, I, I don't know, are, are the slides going on the website? People can look up in the annual report. Brilliant. So have a look at that. Um, any questions, please come back and see me. But like I say, the trustees have gone through this. Um, they've looked at it, they've scrutinized it, and they've signed it off. So we've got a great board of trustees, um, and yeah, I think they've really supported us as, as a staff team kind of coming up with this budget. Okay, I don't want to spend too long going through each line. So any questions, please come and speak to me, speak to trustee, um, uh, where are the trustees? Amanda, Fraser at the back, we've got Neil at the front, where else? Oh, just the chair of, of the trustees, Andy, um, and Maddie as well. Forget about the chair. Okay, I'll leave it at that. Any questions, come back and speak to me. One God, rooted further into one God, deeper, further, stronger, closer, spirit, prayer, worship, word, all about Jesus through and through, Jesus' centre in all we do, see the roots of his love break through concrete hearts, see the roots of his grace bind together broken parts, fresh starts, a different view, God come and do something new. We won't show you the whole video, those of you might have seen it before a few times, but we've got this idea that this year we want to be rooted. Rooted in Christ is where it all starts. You know, right at the beginning, we watched that, that fun Lego video about the story of the wise and foolish builders. The rock is Jesus Christ. Our rock must always be Jesus himself. And when we talk about building freedom, we don't want to start building freedom on anything other than Jesus. When we put forward any vision or any ideas, we want to make sure we're putting that forward on Jesus. He is our firm foundation. So good this morning in the worship time. Thank you, worship team. You know, he's, what a beautiful, what a powerful name is the name of Jesus. And as a church, we don't rely on necessarily the financial giving of the church. We rely upon Jesus, who has got all the resources of heaven at his disposal. Often they're in our pockets, but he has everything that we need. Now, our responsibility as leaders is to trust Jesus and build on the rock, not just any old rock. Matthew 28, Jesus came and told his disciples the Great Commission, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. There's a great little moment here that happens. I've been given all authority, therefore, he says. I'm saying to you, I've got, I've got the whole lot. I've been given all power. I've been given power from the almighty God himself, therefore, Go and make disciples. This is not just a Jesus has a good idea. He's saying, this is coming from above. Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all commands I've given you. And be sure of this. I'm with you always to the end of the age. The first thing I want to talk about this morning, we're going to three different sections, this building freedom, is I want to believe that we are going to build freedom this year with God into each one of you. I want us to commit to building stronger disciples, to building followers of Christ that are fully free, that are fully alive in him, that we start by building on this rock. You know, Jesus, go and make disciples. 
I discovered something very bizarre this week. I, I work with an organization called Spring Harvest, and we're talking next year, no, we're not, we're talking this year, about discipleship in a couple of months' time. And one of my friends on the board that I work on is an Anglican vicar, and he said, we don't talk about discipleship in the Anglican church. I didn't know that. He said, we call it spiritual formation. Spiritual formation. Maybe if you've got an Anglican story, you might know that language. We want to make sure we're building spiritual formation, that we are creating healthy followers of Jesus Christ, disciples that don't follow people but follow Jesus, that we're always pointing people towards him. Sometimes it's very easy in a charismatic large church for people to follow the energy and enthusiasm, exuberance and the, you know, kind of over the top, you know, excitement of mental people like me, maybe. Hey, come and do this. Isn't it going to be great fun? It's not about me. It's always about him. If you follow any person, they will eventually let you down. But if you follow Jesus Christ, he will be your firm foundation. He will be the one that shelters you in times of trouble. He will be the one you can rely upon. We want to make sure we're creating spiritual formation. So the way we're going to do it this year is we've been meeting as a few of us in a team, developing what's called our growth path. And this growth path is going to be an intentional. In fact, I can read out to you exactly what was written down. Here we go. The growth path will be a carefully crafted collection of courses. Try saying that. Designed to help everyone involved in Freedom Church take their next steps with confidence. We are creating a deliberately intentional discipleship program here at Freedom Church. We don't want this to be an accidental discipleship place. Where if you come to Freedom Church, you may get discipled. We want to create a path that says, can everyone find their place? Can anyone who's either new to faith, who've been doing this thing for 20, 30, 40 years, can we find a way of helping you grow stronger as a follower of Christ? Can we help form your spirituality? Can we help you not just become a disciple, but a disciple that grows disciples? And that's really important. I think we've often been bad at that in the church. We've often built disciples and, and formed disciples, but we've often not given people the tools and the power and the encouragement to go and also make disciples. Our responsibility is always to be something that continues generation after generation. I'm here today because of my parents. My parents found Christ because somebody spoke to them. You're here today because somebody introduced you to Jesus, whether it was family or friends. Someone did that. Disciples make disciples. And we want to create this deliberate growth path. And so we've been supported by uh, Mark Topley, who has been helping lead the team, along with myself and uh, Tim Parker, wherever he is, and, and Beth um, has also been helping. And we have just been starting to form what does growth path look like for Freedom Church? And so over this next sort of few months, we'll be, you'll be hearing that language some more, and we'll be explaining to you some greater details. This is going to look fantastic. And hopefully you'll be able to go, I can't wait to be shaped and to become more like Jesus. We want you to benefit by being part of this church community. And it's going to complement the connect groups, not going to be instead of. It's going to be something that will help hopefully form those connect groups and shape people up. We want disciples who grow disciples. That's our vision for this year. So growth path will be something you'll start to hear this year as part of building freedom. We also want to invest in people. We want to, we, 
the, the trust has given approval for us to increase our staffing levels, which is a challenging always. How much staffing, how much you spend on staffing? How many people do we need? I mean, thank you so much for what Simon's brought to us financially. Simon just does a day a week for us. He actually also fits in a full-time job working in a local school. And those of you who have children at Cooperham School often see him sitting there staring at his screen when you drop your children off in the morning. But he also does all our finances. He does all our payroll. does all the other bits and pieces. We're so grateful for the numbers of staff we have. But we want to invest in certain areas of our church. You may have noticed there are lots of babies at Freedom Church this moment in time. We've had something like, it was 13, it's now 40 in the last 18 months. We have a new baby, I don't know if she's here this morning, Bethany Pittman was born three, four days ago, little baby Bethany, so congratulations Tim and Ruth, another baby in the church family. We want to invest in those um, growing families. We want to invest in the children in our church community. We want to continue investing in our young people who sat through Simon's report. Well done, those young people. They were loving it. They were loving it. They were going, wow, we love expenditure. It's great. Woo. Can't wait to spend all that money on our youth budget. Well done for doing that. We want to invest in our young people. We want to invest in this growth path we're developing because people really matter. We want to invest in you. We want to invest in these programs because we want to invest in people because God loves people. And the other thing as well, I want to give a little bit of heads up without giving too much away, um, is we have got some great opportunities to connect with our church weekend coming up in May. That's all about community. Can I encourage you in May, if you can come along to all or some of our weekend away, we're at Lockerley Farm again, do book it in. Do get yourself signed up. The food is always amazing. The time with each other is always incredible. You get to meet new people. If you're new to the church, it's a great way to discover other people around. And it will also invest in you and your family. It'll be a great opportunity to build, to build freedom. And lastly, uh, we're going to launch this more formally in March. So I won't give too much away. But the conference is going to happen again. The conference is going to happen again. Now, at the beginning of the year, I was fairly adamant we shouldn't do it every year because it was a lot of work. And I said to the team, I said, I'll only do it if this one person I can think of would come and speak. Because I thought they wouldn't do it. And, and, and they live in another country. They're a well-known speaker. I said, any chance you'd come and speak at our conference in October? And they completely shocked me. They said, I would love to come. And they're literally flying in for the Thursday to get here for the Friday, leaving on the Monday to come. And they said, I want to just come and hang out with Freedom Church. I want to come and spend time with your church community. Is that okay? I'm like, yes, it is. Looks like the conference is on. All right, so we have a conference. It's happening in October. I'll give you more details. I know I'm teasing you. And I'll tell you more um, later on this year. But we've got plans to share some stuff with you. But we want to invest in you. We want to invest in this church community. We want to give you opportunities to grow and to grow healthy. My desire, I said two weeks ago, when I talked about loving the church, is I want everyone who's planted into Freedom Church to truly flourish. I want to see you grow stronger. I want to see you grow healthier. I want to see you go further. I want to see you do incredible things. Not necessarily within the church, but whatever God has called you to do, whatever the talent that God has given you, I want to see that grow and grow and grow. Um, John 10 says this. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and life to the full. The church should be a fun place with life to the full. Amen? Amen. Fantastic. Okay, we're going to watch another short video, and then we're going to be hearing from Joe about Freedom Matters. 
to you, rooted further into your community, not just busy church activity, but life lived out with real authenticity in your workplace, in your home, in your joy, in your strife, becoming the well-planted taproot which brings life and goodness and grace to the people you embrace. Daily releasing God colours to light up dark places, God flavours to bring smiles out of sad faces. You, God's people, living life free. God, come and lead us into all we could be. Let's give Joe a round of applause. Come on. Good morning. This is exciting, isn't it? I love vision. I am one of those that loves vision. Okay, 2017 has seen the growth of the CAP Centre with 21 new referrals, three people go debt-free, and one client find Jesus. Woo-woo! The demand on the food bank has grown, and this year we fed 1,058 people, an increase of 68% on last year. That's not necessarily something to celebrate, is it? Behind each statistic, though, is a person, a couple, or a family, often living in fear, feeling hopeless, living in real hardship, and no sense of a positive future. Life is controlling them, and these beautiful God-created people too often become worn down to the point of wondering what's the point. And the sad truth is, as the charity Shelter found last year, 37% of working families would be unable to cover their housing costs for more than a month if one partner lost their job. Potentially one in three of us. We're all vulnerable. As we go about our work, it's not unusual for someone we meet to say to us that they've considered suicide. It's not unusual for them to be living in cold, badly maintained, unsuitable accommodation. It's not unusual that they're feeding their children and going without themselves. It's not unusual that they are just about functioning with no hope of anything changing or improving. The benefits system is confusing. The letters are confusing. The demands can be confusing too. Phone calls are expensive and there isn't enough credit on their phones to make the necessary phone calls only to be left on hold for an hour before they actually speak to somebody. It's a world where disadvantage breeds disadvantage, where the train fare to get to the job centre is prohibitive, where benefit delays mean taking out a loan just to survive that you then have to repay as soon as your benefit has been awarded where wages are often low and debt and hunger can become inevitable. It's too often a story of desperation, fear and hopelessness. These are our neighbours and could be any one of us. But we are able to make a difference. Our projects make a tangible difference by feeding those in crisis, providing a listening ear and a safe place to meet, working with other agencies, sorting out finances, negotiating with creditors, putting a plan in place. Our befrienders and teams of volunteers make a tangible difference. They are incredible. Treating people with kindness, acceptance, love and generosity, just as Jesus would have us do. Touching lives, bringing hope, showing God's love. It's not unusual for someone to say to us, I feel like a weight's been lifted. Or thank you for your kindness. Or I don't know what I would have done without your support. 
it's an incredible privilege. And if you're in partnership with us at Freedom Church, you are a tangible part of making this happen. But we are just scratching the surface. Freedom Matters is our belief and our plan for bringing more freedom into our community. We believe God is calling Freedom Church to be a tower of refuge, a safe place for the lost, the stranded, the lonely, the vulnerable, the family in unmanageable debt, the family without food, the family struggling with losing someone close to them, the single parent doing an amazing job but on their knees, the person who has never had the privilege of growing up in a loving family home. The person struggling to find acceptance in their life. In fact, everyone. That they may find a home amongst us and be welcome so that they find freedom and can begin to live life in all its fullness. And our mandate, Isaiah 58. What I'm interested in seeing you do is sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad, being available to your own families. You will be known as those that can fix anything, restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate, make community livable again. What we're doing now is such a small glimpse of what there is to do. Freedom matters is our belief, and it is this belief that will drive our action, our how, and our what as, we, as the plan develops. Our plan is to talk to you all, to find out what's already happening and what part you feel you can play. We'll be talking to our community, other agencies, and those that we already work with to find the gaps and the needs. It's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use this freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. Our vision in 2018 and beyond, is for Freedom Church to be known as a place of safety, a tower of refuge, building freedom in our community. Let's do this together. God bless. And free we. We want to see this church grow established roots in this community. So we're dreaming big for a fixed location for a permanent purpose-led people-first building for this and the next generation. And we want to see a church reflect the goodness of the King. We want the coffee-fueled conversations and the songs that we sing to show the world that it's not about us and it's all about Him. That was so encouraging to hear from you, Joe. Thank you so much for summarising it in such a brief time. Uh, I have the pleasure and the privilege of being in the same office space where lots of these things are happening. Sometimes it gets a little bit frustrating. Before Christmas, the place was full of boxes and food and hampers and bags. And you have to sort of climb over things to get to your desk or to get to anywhere to put your computer or whatever it is you need to do. And I had to stop myself sometimes and going, this is changing lives. 
This isn't in my way. This is representative of what we're able to do to serve others in need. It is, it is the great commission. It is called to be salt and light, to make a difference, we heard there. And we are doing that more than ever before, but there's so much more to be done. And many people say to me, I can't believe Romsey have a food bank. I can't believe Romsey have people in debt. I, I get that everywhere I go, everyone has this assumption that Romsey's got it all sorted. Well, the fact that we're here and we know that we need Jesus means we haven't got it all sorted. And there are many others who would love to get that support and help. So please do um, find a way to have a conversation with Joe, either Ibert or Joe Topley, about how you can help. Many of you are already doing. Thank you for those who are serving and participating in the food bank or befriending with the CAP Debt Centre. It's amazing. We're seeing lives changed. And let's see that happen more and more so. The third area I want to cover this morning, so we've got the first area is all about building freedom through changing our lives and discipleship. The second area is building freedom through changing our community, making a difference. The last one, which I think you probably were expecting me to talk about, is building freedom through a new center, a new facility, a new building. Last year, um, I stood in, we talked about, we felt last year was the year we need to start being more intentional. We need to deliberately go out and find something, a home, a place, a center for Freedom Church. And um, you may be thinking, what's going on? We talked about having a center for others, a center to worship God. Uh, 1 Chronicles 22 says this, God says, seek me and build a temple. You know, building a space for Christian community has been something that's been done by people for generations, for centuries. And uh, recently, I had the privilege of, of traveling to Israel and, and going around Jerusalem and seeing all the many kind of Holy Land sites. And everywhere there was anything that ever happened throughout Scripture, somebody built a church, a beautiful, ornate church. I'm not talking about that. I, I love the heart behind the desire to do something beautiful, to represent something, their way of showing our worship. But I'm talking about building something that celebrates who God is and service to others. We have done this for millennia. You know, the Shunammite woman in Elijah, two kings, uh, built a house in two kings for Elisha. She brought a, a favor from God on her home by building something for Elisha. Abraham built an altar as did many other heroes of faith, including Jacob. Moses put up quite an extravagant tent. If you look in Exodus, it details every single element of this tent, the Holy of Holies, the temple. And eventually David and his son Solomon gathered all the resources and built a temple, a vast, covered in gold temple. People have been building buildings to represent their expression of their love for God and their worship to him and their desire to serve their community for generations and it's something that we believe we need to do to designate a place in the heart of our community that our very physical presence makes a change on that which is around us so we've been doing that deliberately since last year and you might be thinking oh really see me just talking you're not saying anything I know wait I know we want somewhere people can gather to, to mourn, to celebrate, to worship, to enjoy those company, to pray, to be together, to make a difference, to see lives transformed. Not just a community center, but a center for an altar to God, a place of worship and incredible presence that can be part of who we are every day of the week, not just once a week. And you know, you look around our nation and you see churches being converted into mosques, 
and into carpet shops and every other reason. It's time for the church to change the skyline again and say, actually, we want to put a footprint down. So actually, we're committed to our community. We are intentional about our faith. We're not just going to be here one moment and gone the next. We want to put down foundations. We want to build something that makes a difference. So last year, we said this plan. We were going to go and find ourselves a building. Ra rah, rah, easy as. We looked. We looked everywhere. Those of you who live in the Romsey area know the community. It's not very easy. But last, it was only last February we started a conversation with um, a local landowner. They had a large piece of land, and we started a conversation um, led by David Carr, uh, supported by Andy Cowan, our chair of trustees, and Simon Hunter, who you've met earlier. We started a conversation about a very large plot of land. And we started to talk about what could it look like for Freedom Church? Would this be possible? Would they even sell it in the first place? And if so, could we even um, raise the funds required to purchase such a large plot of land? The truth is, I was hoping we'd be able to come and report to you today. It's all looking good. We're all on track. I didn't know how long it takes for solicitors to kind of talk to each other. If you ever bought a house, you may have some understanding. But since about last summer, June, July, August time, we instructed um, people to start putting these things together, the paperwork to be written up. Our trustees have been fully on board. The leadership team has been fully on board. And I was really praying that I'd come in this morning to say, to be able to wave to you, we've got a documentation all signed and ready to go. Uh, We haven't. So I'm not able to give you much more information, but to say... We're in the final stage of negotiating an opportunity to buy a piece of land. And those who live in Romsey know there's not much in Romsey that you can build on. And we haven't got any planning permission, so that's a whole other thing we have to put into place. But we have an opportunity to buy a piece of land and to design and build something which will be for our community, for Romsey and its surrounding area, and for the glory of God himself. And, and I think this is incredibly exciting. This is something that will be going to benefit generations to come. I was very grateful a few weeks ago I received a thank you card from one of the parents in the church who just had a baby. And uh, let's be honest, Lottie had bought them a nice gift. And Lottie had bought them a beautiful gift and they thanked both of us. It's always a a lovely thing, isn't it, when they thank you and you think, oh, I didn't really buy the gift. Uh, Well, maybe I did, but Lottie actually went to the shop and got it and wrapped it all up and gave it. They said, thank you so much for this gift. We can't wait to see our child grow up in Freedom Church. And I read these, these words, I thought, you know, That's actually really significant. This isn't about you and I. This is about future. This is about generations to come. That we get to put down roots. We get to build foundations. We get to invest in that which is to come. Are we prepared to sow a seed of a tree that may will never sit under the shade of? Everyone wants instant response. And I put this in, I get this out. Are we prepared to do something today in our community that will benefit generations to come? That your children, grandchildren, friends, family may get baptized, find Christ, find freedom in a facility. It's just a building, but it could make a real difference. It could change our presence in the town. And the truth is, as we know, and it's not rocket science, even freedom rocket science, that increasing our presence in the town and building a physical place will cost money. There will be an increased requirement of our finances. We haven't, as Simon said, budgeted for what we're going to raise, but we are going to raise some money. And yes, I am looking at all you, and I'm looking at myself as well. What are we going to invest, and how much will it be? Well, we're going to reveal to you some of the details of that, but we have earmarked in a couple of um, gift days in April and October when we will deliberately spend time going, God, what can we bring? 
And then we trust God to take whatever we can bring and he will provide the rest. That's how our generous God works. And so we're committed to this. I'm hoping in the next few weeks we'll be able to come back to you. We can have a special meeting. We can give you all the details. And those of you who love details, we can, give you, we can give you spreadsheets and we can give you maps and printouts and all kinds of things. Um, but I just wanted to let you know this is what we've been doing. We haven't been lazy. Um, David said to me this morning he's got a few more grey hairs than he had last year. And uh, I didn't want to comment on that at all. But, you know, the truth is we have been working hard behind the scenes. I'm sorry we haven't got more to show for it. But I'm also knowing that God works through us as we work through these kind of projects. It's often about God changing us, preparing us for what he has to come. There will come a point in the next few months where we won't fit in this room very much more. And you know what? I'm looking forward to that kind of slightly uncomfortable piece. You know, we, we are at the moment in a, in a temporary, freely given church offices with the food bank and with the debt centre. And it's not great. It, it, I'm, I'm pleased because it's been given to us, but it's a bit squashed. And those who are on the Freedom in Christ course and those who came to our marriage course and Alpha courses, we kind of, we're all a bit squeezed in. But part of me kind of likes that because it kind of forces you to think, this is not our home. This is our temporary stopping place. God's got something more for us. When the people of Israel went around the desert for 40 years, in that sense of kind of like, what are we doing? Where are we going to next? It was never meant to be a permanent solution. It was just a temporary journey to the real promised land. God's got a plan for us. God's got a plan for Freedom Church. And we're closer than we were, but we're not there yet. Is that okay? You have to live in between the, what was and what is. Sometimes it can be hard. But I want you to know that we are looking desperately to build something in this town that will be a centre that reflects our love for God. But it also will be one that's there to serve others. That's what we're about. It's going to be nerve-wracking, but let's be people that pray. There's a great chance tonight to come and join us for prayer. Let's be people who pray. Let's pray that God does miracles with solicitors, that they can find their pen and paper because they seem to have lost them at the moment. And maybe they can, they can make it all like, you know work well for his glory. May we can see some miracles. I'm believing for some miracles. If God providing us something which is beyond our reach, I'm believing God, can you do a miracle? Can you do something we would never expect? Let's see what God will do with the small five loaves, two fish that we can produce, what we can provide, and see what God can turn that into. Just to bring this time to an end, um, Hannah, can you get those Lego bricks for me? Um, we have got Lego bricks. To, we're going to give you all Lego bricks. It's not a full set, I'm really sorry, unless you get together with a few friends. <laughs> but I wanted us to go away with a bit of a takeout from today, a takeaway. I wanted us to, we've got these little Lego bricks, and we had a massive conversation in the office. Do we go Duplo or do we go Lego? All right, now Duplo is much easier to read the writing on the side. But Lego is a bit more kind of standard, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's quality, Lego. They're not they're real Lego, by the way. Are they real Lego? I hope so. Don't you, not real Lego. Oh, dear. Building freedom, it says on one side, freedom church on the other. We want to see building freedom. They are proper Lego bricks, aren't they? Yes, we are quality. <laughs> we want to give these to you, not because we want to build the new building out of Lego bricks. Don't worry. Stephen Fry tried it. Not who tried it? James May tried it. It looked very uncomfortable. Uh, we're going we're gonna to build a building out of regular materials. Don't worry. But I want you to take this, this Lego brick away this morning. And I've asked our leadership team to hand these round um, in our final song. Yeah, worship band can start making their way up. I want you to take that and put it somewhere prominent in your house. 
I want you to put it somewhere where you look at regularly, whether it's in front of your sink, you know, whether, you, whether it's by your front door, whether it's on your mantelpiece, somewhere you can regularly see this. And you go, you know what? I want to build freedom in Romsey. I want to see a new center. I want to pray for what God is doing. Is that okay? So if our leadership team can come and join me here, um, Dick and Joe, uh, where is everyone else? My team, Tim, um, Judith, Hannah, come, Lottie, come and join us as well. And I'll just ask the team, could we, while we play this last song, could, I'll just ask, could they go around amongst you all? Don't worry, they're all fairly safe, most of them. Um, could we go around and, and give you these bricks, deliberately intentionally, as a prophetic symbol of what God is going to do amongst the community? And, and, and I want to say this as well. I kind of declare this. Look at today. Remember today. Remember what God has done today. And then when you see this happen, you go, I was there when that first brick was given out. Big things always start with small steps. It's a very small brick. But I want to just speak over each one of you. You're part of a journey which is starting today. And we're excited about what we can do. Let's all stand through and I'll pray for us before Judith takes all the bricks home. What are you doing? Honestly, wonderful. <laughs> let's keep it fun. Let's keep it real. This is great fun. Building bricks, one at a time. Let's pray. God, would you use each one of us? Thank you, that story of the wise and foolish builder. Lord, we want to be people that build on your solid rock. We want to put our absolute trust and our faith in you. We don't put our faith in land or buildings or solicitors. We put our faith in in the King of Kings. We put our faith upon the one who is dependable, who has never let us down, who's the same yesterday, today, and will be the same forever. And Lord, as we sing this final song, as we hand out these bricks, we declare that you are the God who can take our small efforts and turn it into something incredible. That you're the God who can take our small dreams and do more than we can ever ask or imagine. We put our faith and our hope and our trust in you not in systems, not in planning permission and planning officers, but Lord, in you. Not in local agencies and local governments, but Lord, in you. And we declare today we are going to build freedom. We're going to build church. We're going to build family. We're going to build community. And we're going to build it on the rock that is Jesus Christ. That's our declaration today, Lord, we pray. Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.